connecting, growing, and gaining opportunities together. Welcome to the Travel Hub Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Travel Hub Podcast. I'm Michelle Bouchard, your host for today's show. Today, I'm talking with Larry Fretz of Infotech Research Group. Larry was on our show this past April. At that time, we were talking about immediate actions facilities could take, things like assigning clear accountability, addressing work travel and work from home policies, and reviewing crisis management and business continuity plans for the inevitable impact COVID-19 was going to have on organizations. Now, things have changed a little since then, and they're still changing. As of this recording, many tribal governments and casinos have opened back up, Some have had to close back down and some never opened in the first place. We are still in the midst of a global pandemic and tribal and business leaders across the country still need to be at the top of their game. And that's why I called Larry to see if he'd come back and talk with us again about what he's seen across Indian country. What's progressed, what's changed, and what can we expect? Larry is the practice league at Infotech Research Group for both the Native American Technology Research Center and the Gaming and Hospitality Research Center. He and his team of analysts develop and deliver targeted research specific to tribal government, gaming, and hospitality industries. Thank you again, Larry, for coming on. I know that it's super busy right now with everything you guys have going on, so I appreciate your time. Well, thank you very much for having me on. I look forward to it. Let's talk about uh, where we are today as far as tribes, tribal government, tribal casinos. But before we kind of talk about that, let's look back to where we were. When we talked last, it was April. And in March, you just launched the COVID Response Resource Center to give tools, templates, kind of playbooks for IT leaders to assist their tribes, organizations through what was going on, what we really kind of didn't know at the time, you know, just a disruptive time, I guess you could say. And so they could get through what was being thrown at them left and right. That was in March. In April, we had you on to kind of talk about some of those resources and share. And now here we are. We've worked through some of that stuff. Do you think we're in a recovery right now? Is that where we're leading? Well, and I'll put the caveats out there like I did in April. And it it seemed so, so long ago. But I would say that the recovery is, again, it's not a V-shape. It's going to be, I think, uh, an L or a U. I don't think we're in a recovery right now, especially in the U.S. But until there's a vaccine, it's really going to be hit and miss. And really that social responsibility of social distancing, mask wearing, and just taking that personal responsibility really to minimize any risk at all is going to be key. And I think with that, a lot of the measures that organizations are putting into place, contact tracing, using surveillance and and artificial intelligence and algorithms to do contact tracing and social distancing, this is all part of the new norm now. And it will help the country shift to a recovery. But unfortunately, I think we're still a bit away from that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I'm always wanting, I feel like a lot of people I talk to are always wanting to hang on to, okay, well, this is where we are now and this is where we were. But some days it seems like, oh, we might be heading that way. And other days it's like, oh, that was such a huge setback. It's like every day is a new day when it comes to looking at where we're at. It really is. And, you know, that uncertainty is part of the reason why an economic recovery is being delayed. There's pockets of good news, fantastic news. And then there's other pockets of more depressing news, shall we say, of perhaps relapse. And a lot of areas are opening, closing, opening again, closing, partial closing. That unpredictability is not conducive to an economic recovery in business operations because businesses need 
need some degree of consistency in order to plan and operate. And that uncertainty just doesn't help. Yeah, that's completely true. And a one, I guess, positive thing that I have seen is through the CARES Act funding, which is the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act, the $2.2 trillion economic stimulus bill that was passed, I believe, in March this past year, I'm um, in 2020. And I'm seeing tribes now being able to use that money to get that. They've gotten the money and now they're able to use it to try and bring some stability to their governments and to their casinos, whether it be from employment funds or different things that they're able to do through a health facility or their IT department. So that is definitely one positive thing that I have been seeing a lot more of probably in the past few weeks than I have before then. Yeah, and that program is absolutely needed and beneficial. And when we reviewed this, what we found are some guidance, and there's a lot in there. There's a lot in that act to unpack. But when we look at what the essence is and what's really relevant to tribal nations is this concept of education, remediation, mitigating, training, and ultimately improving capabilities that are related to COVID-19 response and that are necessary to the function of government operations. And so when you look at that, especially in tribal nations, there's a lot that falls under that umbrella. The function of government and what has been impacted by COVID-19. That's a fairly broad criteria. There are some others around improving telework capabilities and to public health precautions. So there are some other areas to that. But again, when you look at it from a tribal nation perspective, there's a lot of opportunity to use those funds within that CARES Act. One thing that I am seeing that that is uh, one of the opportunities that, that tribes can use this funds for is the educational piece. So many online workshops and different things like that that have been available that are available now that I don't remember seeing beforehand, or maybe they were and I just didn't need it because I could go attend a conference. Now you can't. And so having that online education piece is really cool, especially where it might actually be a downtime for some facilities. So I might have an extra few hours to be able to spend specifically towards that. Yeah, and it's really interesting because Infotech and the NATRC has a 20-year-plus history of educating. And we educate traditionally through a lot of different delivery mechanisms. You mentioned it, right? Our workshops. Well, traditionally, our workshops have been delivered on-site, in-person over four or five days. Very high-value, high-impact type of education and training. But we shifted to doing that virtual. So we use Microsoft Teams and WebEx. And so we have that experience and we've been able to adjust it to the new normal of delivering things virtually. But that is just one way, one channel that we educate on. We also have our analyst calls and our guided implementations where you have an analyst that's a subject matter expert able to pick up the phone and talk with them and bounce ideas off and learn and you know really mature core processes. And that's always been done via the phone. Infotech has for a long time been geared to education and training and maturity through what I would call contactless virtual delivery methods. Mm -hmm. You know, it was available then, but now more than ever, that key phrase, it's something that you have to do. So it's great. You guys already have it. You have the knowledge and you've got it there. So that's very good. 
Well, it's also driven the urgency. It's also driven the urgency around this, where in the past, you may have put off a BCP project, as an example, business continuity planning. You may have put that off. The tribal nation and the government may have put that off in the past, or an IT leader, you know, you would have put that off. But what we found was, especially in the beginning phases of this pandemic, there was an overwhelming demand for this. We weren't prepared for this. How do we resume operations and work from home and all these other pieces flow into that. But being able to pick up that phone and talk to an analyst or look at that research, that published blueprint that's on the website around this, a lot of people had to ramp up really quickly. One thing you and your team talk quite a bit about is the disaster recovery plan Mm -hmm. and having those resources available for tribes to be able to look at and go through has got to be super helpful right now. Absolutely. I mean, disaster recovery planning is, you know, your systems are perhaps being managed remotely now. And so you definitely want to make sure there's a heightened level of recoverability and availability within that infrastructure. But it also flows into business continuity, your business processes, your tribal government programs and services. They don't stop. Judicial services, legislative signing of paperwork and documents, those processes and services can't stop. And so as IT leaders within this nation, how do you continue? How do you enable those services when they have to be contactless? It's a very exciting opportunity as well from a business continuity perspective. And then really, I would say digital transformation perspective, because just through the calls that I've been having with our tribal members, they're interested now in digital signature. How do I sign a contract virtually using digital? There's a lot more focus now on digital strategy and I dare say transformation of some of those processes because the pandemic has, I'm going to say, fortunately, highlighted the need for process modernization and uh, digitization. I'm going to go sideways here on a little personal note. For the tribe that I'm part of, when you sign up for a fishing license, you always have to go into the office. You always have to fill out this form. It's like an in-person thing. And there's five people in my family, so we all go in, blah, blah, blah. Well, this year, I mean, we couldn't. You know, and it was walleye season and we needed a fishing license. And so I called and sure enough, they were starting the process of converting everything over electronically. And I was thrilled because that's one less trip we would have to take. But then they sent me everything I needed. I signed it. I you know, submitted all the forms and everything online. And I thought they never would have done that if, if this wasn't happening right now. And that's just one of many examples throughout uh, Indian country where those processes are becoming digital. And and I would map that back. That is you're mitigating the impact of COVID-19 on your processes and on your tribal nation. You're also improving capabilities that were very manual and automated before. You're improving those capabilities. Again, being able to leverage some CARES funding to be able to do that. Right. Exactly. I know I've heard a lot of breaches happening, security breaches, cybersecurity, always a big thing. But with everything kind of converting over, have you seen that tribes really have had to change a lot of what they've done in the past because of some of the new things they're bringing online? Yes. And I would go one step further that in this new normal, the tendency is to ask IT leaders to do more with less. We are having to cut budgets. Unfortunately, we're having to lay off or furlough people. Well, the flip side of that is that the nefarious actors, the hackers of the world, are taking advantage of that. 
because maybe the security person or maybe the systems administrator, the server administrator was one of those people that were furloughed and may not be looking at the logs or looking at the systems as diligently as they may have been in the past. And so they're taking advantage of that. You're seeing a spike in phishing emails and a lot of cyber incidents. And so my suggestion and a recommendation is don't cut, <laughs> don't reduce, you need to continue doing the security programs that you were doing pre-pandemic. You need to continue those and if anything, need to increase that because now that people are working from home, employees are working from home, there's a tendency to get a little bit less focused on security because they're at home. That's exactly what these nefarious actors are hoping for. And so again, just need to do your security awareness training, make sure that IT is focusing on the logs and the security tools to mitigate and prevent any cyber breaches. Have you seen a lot of tribes actually doing that, increasing their budgets, especially when it comes to IT, cybersecurity, things like that? Or are you seeing them still kind of waiting and not quite taking the plunge to do that yet? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm seeing a lot of, at least a lot of the tribes that I'm helping and speaking with, they were able to obtain some of the CARES funding. So they were able to use some of the CARES funding to improve their security tools, their security posture, and also, quite frankly, get a membership <laughs> with Infotech and the NATRC as part of that, and then talk to the analysts around security to be able to mature those processes and put in those policies and controls. From that customer base or that sample size, being able to take advantage of the CARES funding to invest that in IT and IT security and IT infrastructure. I've definitely noticed that, yes. That's great. Now let's talk real briefly about the Infotech membership. When we were looking at some of the things that the CARES Act covers, a membership to Infotech, we feel like is one of them because of all the education, training, and remediation that you guys provide. If I was a tribe, what would I get as a member of Infotech and NATRC and how would that benefit me? First and foremost, I would just point that the NATRC is a grassroots research center. What that means is through discussions with our members, we build purpose-built, ground-up research specific to Indian country and tribal nations. We don't repurpose it. Having access to that unique pool of research and the analysts behind it is very unique, understanding and relevant to Indian country. But beyond that, with the broader Infotech membership, you get access to all the analysts, all of the research blueprints and tools and templates so that you're not having to create Excel files or PowerPoint presentations. It's already done for you, right? But in addition to that, you also get access to our Infotech Academy, which is something relatively new. We launched it about a year, year and a half ago, which is a series of web-based online training programs that's available to anyone with the same email domain. So anyone in your tribal nation, whether they be IT or not, as long as they have the same email domain, can take advantage of this academy training. And then, as you mentioned as well, there's the COVID-19 Response Center, which is a whole collection of purpose-built research to help Indian country through COVID-19. And it covers everything from IT, but it also covers HR, right? The people management side. The new normal is managing remote employees, and a lot of organizations have not been open to that or have not done a good job of that. So you have crisis management in there. You have people management, disaster recovery and business continuity, what you mentioned as well. And then the last one is really budget and cost management. 
a lot of IT leaders are being asked to do more with less. And it's very easy just to come back to, well, the way I can manage my cost is to stop or cancel contracts or to let people go. But the reality is there's over 45 different ways you can manage costs in IT. So why would you not take advantage of all of that insight and prioritize those decisions in this new normal? And it completely changes. It empowers IT leaders to change the conversation and have different conversations with their leadership in these times. It is definitely making everybody pivot, think outside of the box. How can I do this creatively to get the results that I want? And you're going to see people who reach out and who look for the different toolkits, best practices. Those are the people who are going to have success with that. Well, and I I have, gosh, 30, 35 years in senior IT leadership. So I'd like to say I've seen it all and done it all, but this is definitely new for me. But I can tell you as a leader, if there is one new tool that I can learn or I can use during these crazy times to avoid letting an employee go, I want to know about it. So if I have my standard toolkit and there's one or two items in there that I haven't looked at or I wasn't aware of, I want to know about it because maybe I can keep an employee. Yeah, absolutely. Especially right now. That's so important. And I really liked how you touched on also the piece of just the people management right now, because a lot of people have not managed their staff when they're not in the office. And it's just so new. It's just something new. The flex time, the layoff policies, you know, maybe they had daycare. Now they don't like it's just such a crazy area. So it's amazing to have some of those pieces available at their fingertips to get. Well, and it's the things we've never had to deal with. People are working from home and you mentioned this, right? They have childcare. Well, maybe they have elder care as well. Maybe they have an adult parent, somebody living in the home that now they have to take care of because they're home or because the care providers that perhaps came to the house every week can't come to the house because of social distancing and COVID. And that impacts how that remote worker is able to perform their duties. And it requires a different management style. It also requires a different level and a different approach to employee engagement because this is still very stressful. You know, we've been in this situation for, gosh, what's it been, three or four months now? People, you know, really haven't acclimated to this. They're on pins and needles. There's a lot of uncertainty. So as a leader, how do you manage and engage with those employees that are still apprehensive and have these challenges? It requires a new way of interacting and engaging with staff, uh, especially or at least because they're now remote. Now, your COVID-19 Resource Center and response team has been up for, what, like four months now, four or five months? What kind of response have you guys seen to that? A lot of people, I'm sure, are looking at it and taking advantage of some of that stuff. Do you have any success stories that you can share with us? Yeah, it's been available since very early March. And every week we've been doing webinars publicly available. So you don't have to be a member. Those webinars are available. You can go and watch them. You can watch them real time. It's very real time to the issues that we're seeing from our member base. And we take that and we turn it into a webinar very quickly. So always new content. We've maxed out the webinar tools because we've had some 
such overwhelming interest. And the really fantastic piece is that it wasn't just IT leaders. It was business leaders. It was program department division leaders. It was HR we're all on these webinars and it really just shows the breadth of organizational impact and need for tools and information during these crazy times. That was probably the coolest trend and pattern that I saw there. And like you said, it's going to continue. People are going to still need this information, but it's going to change too. So it's great that you guys can take that and flip it so quickly so that people can have that real-time information that they need right then. This is not going to stay stagnant and it's going to change and it's going to continue. Exactly. Absolutely. And the other piece of this too is there's a lot of new leaders in organizations and they've never gone through anything like this. So having this information available to them has been just a treasure trove to really help them be successful in these crazy new normal times. Great information. Is there anything else you wanted to cover, Larry? You know, the only other thing that I'd mention is probably two things. The first is one of the delivery mechanisms that I mentioned that Infotech has long had is these workshops. And they were physical. And then we flipped pretty much on a dime to doing it all virtual. So these workshops are still available. And we have some COVID pandemic specific workshops that have been incredibly popular as well that you may not have thought of, you know, beyond the normal, what's my new IT strategy, right? Or what's my new org design going to look like? We still do those, obviously, but we have a pandemic response plan workshop and blueprint, certainly cost and budget management as a workshop. A lot of IT leaders leaders are being asked very quickly to, I need a 30% cut in your budget. Well, in the span of a week, we can help you strategically and virtually identify that and be ready for those conversations. And that's so important because you get that question. And like you said before, the first thing you think about is, well, I'll just cut a couple employees. There you go. Well, that's not going to be the best move in the long run for your company. So to be able to have some people with the information and to help you make a strategic plan is so important. Yeah, and I would just come back to improving the capabilities. It's very easy during these crazy times to be very reactive, and you still need to keep that strategic hat on. You need to have those conversations with your leadership around what are you getting, what are you leaving on the floor, what are you giving up, and what does the impact mean of some of these changes. And you need to be strategic about it, and you have to know what you can give and take on. But at the end of the day, you need data. And you need to be able to present and communicate the reasons and the rationale for a lot of these decisions. Again, having that third party being available to be a sounding board and to validate and offer insights and tools, it fits with that idea of do more with less. Why would you not take advantage of a third party that can offer that kind of assistance and acceleration in these crazy times? And the last thing I would just mention is, based on our review, this is right aligned with what we do and aligned with the CARES Act and is definitely a justifiable expense. But definitely have your lawyers read the CARES Act and review all the legislation and get their perspective on it. For those tribes that we've been speaking with, it's been a very clear case of alignment and value, quite frankly. It's all great information. We are going to put the Infotech COVID-19 response website information at the show notes for our podcast, and we'll also link over to your Infotech website. Thank you, Larry, for your time today. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And again, any questions by any of the listeners today, they know how to get a hold of us. And we'd love the opportunity just to continue to help and support during these crazy times. Thank you for listening to today's show. 
For more information on Tribal Hub, visit our website at tribalhub.com or search us up on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts. The Infotech COVID-19 response page mentioned today can be found at infotech.com slash COVID. Have a great day, everybody.